here in the midst of brethren. The Lord has given us another day to come before his presence. And we are so excited as ever before. We are looking at the love of God this morning. What the love of God represents to the Lord and to us as believers. If you turn your Bible with me this morning to 1 John chapter 4, the verse 8. 1 John 4, 8. It says, He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. For he who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. God is all about love. And everything that he does is about love. The creation of mankind was about love. The creation of the universe was all about love. Love existed within the Trinity long ago, throughout eternity, before any other being was created to become part of the system of God. The Trinity means the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have always lived in inexplicable love before they decided to share that love with the rest of us. The love of God is not an abstract concept and it is not a static object. What that simply means is that the love of God is not a general idea that is talked about or it is not an active item that is stuck in one place. But the love of God, as it were, is an expression of affection and action. The love of God is an expression of affection. And it goes with an action. So we see that in John chapter 3, the verse 35. It says, the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand the father loves the son that is an expression of affection showing from his heart how much he loves the son and has given all things into his hand so that is the action part of it so the father loves the son with an affection expression of affection and he has given all things into the hands of the son and john chapter 14 the verse 31 says but that the world may know that i love the father and as the father gave me commandment so i do arise let us go and here we also see the love of jesus christ as an expression of affection that the world may see that I love the Father. I love him before the world was created. But now that I have come to be part of humanity, now that I have come to be part of the world, I want the world to see the genuine affection, the genuine love that I have for the Father. So that is an expression of love. 
and he said and as the father gave me commandment so i do i love the father and the father's commandments is my delight and so the trinity have always lived in love and their love is an expression of affection and action to one another and that is who jesus is and that is what characterized the nature and the life of jesus christ and so we see that in romans chapter 5 verse verses 6 and 8 and it reads for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us praise God we are serving a god who has revealed himself in different ways and as we have seen previously in the series god has shown us characters that he wants us the followers to adopt and to follow and to become and love is one of the most important thing in fact love is everything that god is Like I said earlier, love is what characterizes. Love is the bond between the Trinity. Love is the reason why God created the universe. Love is the reason why that God made us and gave us to Jesus. The love that is between God and the Son, the Father and the Son is unspeakable. And so Jesus Christ came into the world to show us that love. that he wants us to emulate he wants us to copy and follow that same love and here we have an example of how that love works for when we were without strength when we were sinful when we were dead in sin we were stuck and there was no place for us to go god created man and put man adam and eve in a garden and they chose intentionally deliberately to sin against God they disobey God by eating from the fruit that God forbade them not to eat and as a result of that they chose their own destiny and that destiny was eternal death but God was not going to let them go he came down to be part of us he came down to be one of us in order to save humanity and so whilst we were still sinners You know we didn't come to Christ whilst we were righteous. We didn't go and look for him. He came looking for us. And why did he look for us? Because of the love that he has. Is it for a good man? If you have a friend that is good and the friend you like, when the friend asks you something, you are more likely to do it for him if you can, if you have it, he will give it to them. What about somebody that you hate? somebody that offends you somebody that is always in opposition with you that was the position of man we were in opposition with god we refused to listen to anything that god wanted to say but yet 
he chose to come. So whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we see that the love of God towards us is both practical and demonstrative. It is not just about words. God doesn't pretend. He loves us with genuine love. And that's what he wants us to understand. So we see that also in John chapter 15 verse 13. It says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Who among us here wants to die for their children? I'm talking about their children. Imagine somebody comes in the room there with a gun. We saw some recently. I think um, Sister Gifty was showing me some happened in Texas. I think long, long ago, there was a man who went into the church and pulled out a gun and straight away start shooting people. I think one of the people in the church had a gun and uh, they shot him before he died. I mean, before he could kill many people. You see, who among us would be willing to sacrifice their lives for other people? No. Death is scary. No matter how faithful we are, we don't know what is over there. No, no matter how difficult we complain, no matter how hard life is, we still enjoy life somehow. When we see death coming, we will run away. We will do anything to avoid death. And Jesus here is saying, there is no greater love than this. For a man, for someone to lay down their life for other person. None of us is willing to do that. But he chose to do it. He came to the world to do exactly that. To lay down his life for us. So that we might live. There is no greater love than that. And we see another example in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Say, By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. By this we know love. It is not just an expression of affection. But it accompanies action. He laid down his life for us. He died on the cross for us. You see what many of us don't understand about the life and the death of Jesus Christ is that our imagination and conscience about the description of hell is dead so we can't sit down and picture what hell will be like and so sometimes we don't value the death of Jesus Christ that has bought us drew us from that eternal condemnation. Imagine living in this world. We are free. We are not in prison. We are not restricted. And thank God, Britain is a free country. We don't have dictators ruling us here. And we are free to go wherever we want and do whatever we want. Yet, we still go through stress and difficulties and pains and sicknesses 
and sometimes we complain and we get tired and we get discouraged and we think this is too much for us sometimes to the point that some people even want to go as far as taking their lives thinking life is meaningless we go through all these pains and hardship and we wish it could be better than that and this i can tell you is a paradise compared to the pains of hell and if anyone has ever talked about hell it is jesus christ being in everlasting torment in fire with no end eternity has no end whereas in our world when you are going through difficulties and pains you know that you will get well it will be over you will have some sort of hope anticipation something to look upon to but that is not the case in hell it goes on and on and on and never ends there's no old age in hell the same thing applies to heaven and so from this predicament is what he has delivered us from he died you see when people those that die and go to hell they are considered dead but alive it is the second death it is only those that make it to heaven have eternal life those ones are eternal death and so he died on our behalf so that we will live and he said there's no greater love than this there's a passage i think in isaiah where it says that from time to time the people in heaven will go and walk in the gates of hell and look at the worms of those that are in hell wiggling and crying and screaming and in pain from time to time they will go and see so that they will know what the lord has done for them such is the love of the lord who came to the world to save us he was crucified for us and he has delivered us that's why we can come to a place like this we could have chosen to go anywhere else to rely on our bed this morning and watch the telly and we chose to come here and so galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me he loved me he gave himself for me and so now i consider myself to have been crucified with him crucifixion will be part of the punishment in hell and so he received those punishment for us so that we will not have to go through it So now that we live in the world we consider ourselves to have been crucified with him and we live with him because of what he has done for us. And who is he? And we're talking about Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loves who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 The love of Jesus Christ he came and saved us 
because God is righteous, God is holy, and sin has no way of entering into the gate of heaven. The abominable and the defilement will always remain behind and say behind the door are dogs and the abominable and the barbiters and those who could not enter into the kingdom of God. So whilst we are still here, he knows the difficulties that we are going through. He knows the pains. He knows the suffering. And so we have it in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. He said, therefore he is also therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. He lives in heaven to make intercession for us. And the same Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24 says, for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He continued to plead for us. When you are struggling, he said, Father, I understand what John is going through. I know what it means for someone to upset him and for him to get married. I know what it means. I know what it means for him to go hungry. I know what it means for him to wake up on the wrong side of the bed and, you know, feel miserable and depressed and doesn't want to talk to anybody. I know what it means. I know what it means for him to not do the thing that he was supposed to do. He continued to intercede for us. Things that will separate us from God. He said, Father, I understand it. Yes, he's not doing it deliberately. After saving us, he has not abandoned us. He continues to hold us in his own hands. That is the reason why he came to the world. The Bible says he came, Luke chapter 19 verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We were lost completely. We were destined for hell. But he came to seek. I am looking. I am seeking. For those who will listen to me. For those who will obey me. For those who will accept me. Like I was saying to Brother Amrish yesterday during the um, outreach in town, somebody came to me and said, uh, you know, we don't think all these things are real. They're not true. Because when I was a child, I used to believe the, um, the miracle of Moses. When Moses took people to and the Red Sea and the sea was parted and they walked through. Now scientists have disproved that. Scientists are telling us that those things were caused by tsunamis. You know, it's a big storm when tsunami flashed over then the water parted and the people walked in, not because there was any miracle happening. These are some of the things that the people that we live with. These are part of humanity. Part of human beings who have made up their own mind. That is why it doesn't say Jesus came to save the whole world. He came to the world but not to come and save the whole world. But to seek and search for people that would obey. And we see the example of that in John chapter 3, the verse 19 to 20. 
And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For every one practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Jesus Christ has come to the world to save us but we don't want to know. We don't want to hear. We are saying it doesn't even exist. We are saying it is all myth. We say God is not real because we want to maintain our lifestyle. We are comfortable with what we are. We are comfortable with what we do. We don't want any kind of a, um, well, well, what should I say? Any kind of old-fashioned book to come and detect to us what to do. This is an old-fashioned, irrelevant theories that people have compiled and uh, non-intelligent people, people with low intelligence are still following this religion. That's what some people are saying. Those that are highly intelligent that underestimate what this is all about. Because they live their lives and they are comfortable. They don't want to come to the light because the light will expose them. So it is not possible for him to come and save every one of us. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17, using the voice of wisdom, Jesus said, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. I love everyone who loves me. I don't hate anyone. But people hate me. People don't like me. And I am not going to force myself on anyone. If people love me, they will search for me. They will look after me. I mean, they will look out for me. Those who seek me diligently will find me because I am a God who exists. I created the universe and I made mine in it. So when people look out for me, they will find me. And so this is the character of the God that we are serving. We don't just come to church and be preached to and go back into the world and do the same. The main purpose of Christianity is for our characters to be shaped, to become like Jesus. It is all about transformation. God wants us to be transformed from the fallen humanity into the new man that we have become. We are no longer the people of the world, the sinful people. If we followed the word of God, if the rapture was to happen today, and the rapture simply means the second coming of Jesus Christ to snatch his people, those that believe in him. If the rapture was to happen today, it is our faith and trust in him that will snatch us. So we are not like any other person. We are different. And each day that we have the opportunity to go to church, together to learn the word of God, we should be able to take something in that will change the way that we are. For the better. Praise God. And so Jesus, talking to the disciples, was also expecting the same sort of a love. Love that is not just a lip service, but love that is demonstrative. 
and so in john chapter 15 verse 10 he say if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love that is the rule of the game that is the bottom line that is the principles that is the agreement that is the contract if you keep my commandment my commandment is not for you to go and rob somebody my commandment is not for you to build mansions my commandment is not for you to pile up wealth my commandment is not for you to bring all my money or your money for me to eat my commandment simple put it for you to be a law abiding citizen wherever you are my commandments simple put is for you to love the lord your god with all your mind your heart your soul and your spirit and love your neighbor like yourself that is all the commandments put together that is all that it is from the old testament down to from genesis to revelation that is the commandments of god he said i have kept my father's one I did not do anything without the Father instructing me even though Jesus Christ was equal with God in heaven but when he became a human being he submitted himself under the rulership of God the Father and so he was obedient to everything that the Father told him and he looked back to the disciples and said if you want to remain in my love then love is not an abstract concept love is not just an abstract concept it has to be an expression of affection coupled with action praise god and so if you want to be my disciples then you will have to obey my commandments and in john chapter 13 verse 34 it says a new commandment i gave to you that you love one another the requirement of love and what does love means love doesn't mean that i should carry your table from here to the town center for you love doesn't mean that i bring all my wages at the end of the month and give it to you to eat no you have to go and work my friend love simply means ever open hearted if you need something and i can't help i will help love is not to think evil about anyone else. so this is the new commandment that i am giving to you because life is all about love god created us for the purpose of love human beings we are the creatures of love we were created for the purpose of love and we were created to love and we were created to be loved god doesn't make any profit out of us we are not robots we are not machines we don't promote or produce anything that makes god the millionaire or the billionaire of the universe he has mercy on us sin has blinded the eyes of men and women So we don't see the purpose of life 
And so we think that life is all about me, 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 me. It's all about what I will get, what I will have, and what I need, and I don't care about other people. That's not the point of life. Life is about sharing. If they leave you on an island with everything on it, what do you think you can do with it? You have all the money and all the cars and everything on the island on your own. Life is good for sharing. That's what God has made life to be. And so we need to understand the role model of our salvation. That is Jesus Christ. We can't carve our own religion and follow it and say, this is what I believe it to be, then we follow our own way. That would be nothing but deception. The clear root is there in the word of God for us to see. And he wants that to fill our minds and our heart, that Christ may be formed in us. So that when people see you, they can tell that you are different. Not because you can speak louder than them. Not because you are cleverer than them. But because the godliness, the faith that you believe has shaped you. So your, your appearance, your way, the way you do things will tell. Your actions speak louder than your words. You will be the salt in an assorted environment. You will be the light in a dark environment to shine. Christ will be seen in you and the glory will go to God. People will not say, oh, thank God for his life. Since many people don't believe in God, but they'll say, oh, I like that sister. I love that man. Oh, he's a kind person. When people say good things about you, the glory will ascend upon to God. Amen. So the love of God is a character that is in it in him. And he wants us to know it. We were not born with it. But it is there in us. That we have to practice it. And become like him. And as we try each day. To let go. As we try each day. To break the walls of love. You see there are walls of life. That we don't know they exist. They are spiritual walls. And some of these walls of lives. Are discrimination. They are prejudice. They are pride. They are arrogant. They are differences. They are classes. Things that we feel we are. They are words that separate us. They don't allow us to mingle. They don't allow us to humble. They don't allow us to accept. They blind us with differences. Backgrounds and classes and cultures civilizations and educations and positions and whatever you call them. But if we are able to see beyond those things, we can see human beings created in the image of God, whatever their social status may be. May the Lord bless you as you endeavor to become like Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you the glory today for your word. We pray you will continue to strengthen us and help us and open our eyes to see better so that we will become.